Hello again and welcome to another episode of Only the Penitent Shall Pass podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth. Alongside me, as always, Master John. Hello, John. Hello. How are you doing? It has been quite a long hiatus. It has. Hiatus comes from the Latin word... I'm not a Latin scholar. <laughs> He's over here looking at me. <laughs> what, Does what? it mean to wait? <laughs> I think it might. <laughs> Something along those lines. So we, we, we bought a lot of equipment. Um, we got settled more fully into the South. It was a year process. A lot was going on. Different jobs. Uh, a lot happened in the last year. I, I don't know if you noticed, but some people were wearing masks around America. Oh yeah, I saw that. Was um, did they have something on their face? Yeah, I, I don't know why they were doing it, but apparently now they don't do it anywhere down south anymore. They just stopped. I think they're stopping everywhere. Is my understanding? That's though. that's good. So I mean it. It has been a wild ride the last year. We took much. We took the whole spring off. Because we were we were getting uh, situated, because we wanted to be more uh, focused in our podcast, right? We wanted to have better equipment, better sound quality. Sound quality was getting worse and worse as we were going, largely because we were recording anywhere and everywhere. I mean, you were recording wherever you could uh, get five minutes to yourself alone, and I mean, we were in different states at, at times. We were all over the place. Yeah, and I think a lot of those recordings, my son was screaming in the background, <laughs> which is always a lot of fun. Right. But now John sacrificed him to uh, Zeus in order to get rid of Corona. So now they're no, I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> the son is still a good. He yes. just no, doesn't scream anymore. Have you ever Have you ever seen that meme? No. There's this excellent meme, and it has this really ugly hipster-looking guy, and it says, "Kill your babies and Ugh. give money to the government That's to horrible. change the weather." Ah. Uh. That's horrible. That's, that's where we're at, Kenny. So that's where we're at. But that's kind so, of stuff we're here to talk about, right? Well, we we want to uh, talk about serious stuff, right? I mean, our podcast from the very beginning, we started it to talk about things that we didn't hear anyone else discussing. Uh, it was very strange. It felt like I was living in a vacuum or something, uh, because all around me. Uh, everyone acted as though what was going on was okay. And I thought, no, this, this isn't okay. Church is closing. Church is not worshiping God on Sunday. Uh, ministers of the gospel wearing masks as they give, uh, as they give the body and blood of the Lord over, over, what is it called? Zune or something. Uh, and people are drinking grape juice in their bedrooms on i mean i would do dude the last year was crazy um I, I don't know what was going on and 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 i must have had this is not an exaggeration john knows i talk to a lot of people on any given day on any given week i talk to probably upwards of 100 to 200 people a week uh in a variety of different situations through work and in in other areas and i can't believe how many people tried telling me this last year oh my church is meeting we didn't stop meeting uh we do it over the internet <laughs> i you know it's strange you you've spoken about this before on the podcast how difficult it is for people to remember things and i've talked to people then they told me to my face my church never stopped meeting and i'm thinking but six months ago, you told me they did stop meeting. People's memory. There, we should do a whole episode on the book of uh, Ecclesiastes, where Solomon, arguably the wisest human, right, the wisest non-God man that walked the earth, um, said that one of the problems with humanity is they have no remembrance of yesterday. It is a bizarre phenomenon that people can't remember six months ago or sometimes last week. And we're not talking about amnesiacs. We're not talking about people who are drunkards. We're talking about the average person has a difficult time remembering 
yesterday. It is freaky, John. Yeah, and it it's really easy to see why, because it's really hard to think about what happened. And it's so much easier to not think about it. So, in a lot of things in life, maybe this isn't a big deal, but when it comes to the things of the Lord and our walk with Him and how we're going to be real Christians, it's a really big deal. And this is why the Bible is always telling us to remember. This is why the patriarchs are always putting up landmarks. So when you see the landmark, you remember what happened there. You remember that God appeared to Abraham and Isaac. This is why Christ says of the Last Supper, do this in remembrance of me. And we offer a memorial sacrifice to the Lord because we constantly have to be reminding ourselves of the things of the Lord. And we constantly have to figure out who we are so we know where we stand before God and we can repent. Let me let me build off of that in the Old Testament. If you've ever read the Old Testament, it's not as boring as it seems, John. Is it? <laughs> no, it's it's extremely exciting. I once had a. Uh, you just have to skip the genealogies, or you will uh, get really bored. I actually love the genealogies. I really do, and I'm not just joking. Uh, Matthew Henry, great Bible commentator, lived many many years ago. Uh, he just makes the genealogies just leap off the pages and makes them exciting. But what I was going to mention and piggyback off of what you were talking about there was in the Old Testament, throughout the God's dealings with his chosen people, his covenant people, what God would often do after miraculous things occurred, when he would save his people, when 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 there was something important that needed to be remembered. The leader of the people, whether it was Moses or Joshua or a particular prophet, they would instruct a stone to be turned upwards. So a large stone. Think We're not talking about you know, a four-inch four you know, in diameter stone. We're talking multi multi-meter metered size stone and they would erect it and set it up in such a way that the people would be told okay when you see this this monument you're going to remember god saved you from this when you see this monument you're going to remember what god did for you um that's a huge theme in the old testament is remembering what God did. It's the reason that they would hold up a serpent, right? There was a serpent in the um, in the Ark of the Covenant, right? Uh, there, there's some. There's a reason uh, God uh, told them to construct the tabernacle, certain dimensions. Everything was done to connect with people's memory. That's what worship is about, John. Good worship, good liturgy is about getting people to remember what God has done for us, getting people to remember why we're here, for, go- for goodness sake, right? I mean, uh, the, one of the problems that I've always had with contemporary worship, where it's a guy that talks for an hour and then they sing a bunch of rock songs. I'm not saying that's awful or evil, but it doesn't really connect with anyone in a way that, reminds them where they came from. When we set up a Christmas tree, as silly as it is, it brings you back to your childhood. Uh, when, you, when you do certain, when you have Thanksgiving dinner, right? You remember the pilgrims. Whether you like the pilgrims or not, <laughs> uh, it reminds you of this thing. It's a dinner reminds us, right? That's what good religion, good worship, good liturgy is. It's about reminding us things. And John, that's the problem, is everybody around us has bad religion, and that's why they can't remember anything. They can't remember that, I don't want this episode to be about vaccines. They don't even remember what a vaccine is. <laughs> I just watched a video today, a great, great video. I felt like I made it because I've been lecturing people for the last few months. Not, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm, that's not me. But... I've been trying to tell people 
wait, this one thing, this these chemicals that, that they're injecting, I'm not telling people not to do it. I'm, but it's not a vaccine, and everyone's calling it a vaccine. Very strange. People can't remember what a vaccine is. For Now, I know I've, I've, I've jumped a huge leap here. I've gone from talking about monuments and Moses to, to chemicals and vaccines. But, John, the, the, what, I, what I want to get your response to is this, this concept that people can't remember last week. They can't remember last month. They can't remember a year ago. It's crazy. Yeah, and even, even if we can, I, I don't know how to put it, forgive people for forgetting all these other things. Um, what, how are we going to live as Christians if we don't remember what God has done? Which I guess is to your original point. This is why we set up all these monuments. This is why the apostles are constantly saying the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has risen up Jesus Christ. So here we had another season of another holy season here of Easter, Ascension, Pentecost, where there's still all these weird things going on. And without these things, without practicing this ancient religion and remembering what it is, we're never going to remember what we're supposed to do every day. We're never going to remember how to live our lives as Christians. And so I think that's why we've decided to go on with the podcast, just so we can keep talking about these things, right? And just so we can keep reminding people what has been done, not just in the ancient times, uh, but last week. And so maybe, maybe it all does tie together. Maybe it's important to remember that, oh yeah, vaccine, that's when you take a slightly deteriorated form of a virus and you expose someone to it so it increases their immunity. Not whatever the heck this new thing is, right? It's not a vaccine, but <laughs> everyone's vaccine. calling it a vaccine. And again, I, I'm going on the record. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I don't have a public position on that. I'm just being philosophically logical here and saying a vaccine used to be where you took a, a small dose of a virus, whether it be smallpox or influenza or whatever, and you exposed people to a small dose of the virus so that their body could build immunity to it. That's historically what a vaccine is. We've changed the words. That is something that's been going on for a long time in Western culture is changing symbols. Because if you can change symbols and change words, you change the way people view reality. Eric Vogelin, the German Austrian philosopher. Austrian or German? He's a German guy. German, German philosopher. Um, I should know that because I've read nearly every book he wrote. Um, he was really big on this. And, and he, he, there's two elements of symbols, if, if our audience would pray, uh, give me a moment. One element to, way to, look, to look at symbols is we want to use symbols or words that, are, that effectively communicate truths to people. So as Christians, we don't want to speak in a language that people can't understand, right? We could use a layman's verse like Apostle Paul, right? It's speak to a Greek like a Greek, speak to a Jew like a Jew, speak to a Gentile like a Gentile. Uh, that's one element of symbols. Use, it's good to use symbols and words that people can understand. There's this other aspect that Eric Vogelin points out with regard to symbols. And this is what we see going on in the Western culture. There are people, maybe call it spirits, demons, I don't know <laughs> what's behind it all, that are actively trying to change the symbols we use because they want to change the way we view reality. So they don't want us to say men and women. They don't want to only have two classifications of men and women. In the 1960s, they created a new word called gender, right? That was a, really a new English word. It's an old Latin word. But in common usage, it really exploded in the 60s. And that was not because they were trying to do something good. We already had a good word. It was called sex, male and female. And then they created the, the word gender. And then that allowed them to manipulate reality. Because now where are we at? For many people, there's no more just male and female. There's no more men and women. 
there's gender. And gender has exploded into a plethora, um, right? A plethora of different realities. All fake, not real. When, when I use the word reality on the podcast, I'm not always just limiting it to God's reality. God's reality is the only true reality. Uh, I got into a discussion with someone last year and they said, reality is always real. <laughs> but I think it's a good symbol to use that some people are living in an alternate reality. Right, John? Like how I, like how I went on this long monologue and then I'm like, okay, agree with me. <laughs> yes, everything Kenny said is absolutely right. Well, I always like that. I've heard people say that before. Reality is real. And when we go to think and reason and uh, use, what's the thing people are always talking about? Science. The idea would be to get at something called the real reality. And it doesn't seem like that's a big deal anymore. We Now we acknowledge that there's multiple realities and so because we come from a christian tradition we can root ourselves in god and say okay sure there's perspective and people come at things different way but ultimately things are how they are because god created them and he meant them to be a certain way so we should keep searching for what is reality we should use our reason or any tool we have at hand to try to figure it out and for most young people, that project's been abandoned. And the new project stems from this, this inner feeling. Well, if I feel that things are a certain way, they must be a certain way. And, what's, and that's a very ancient thing. And it's very understandable, especially with young people, that they want to live that way. But now we've escalated to the point where... If someone like you or I opposes that and say, no, that's not a good way to practice Christianity. That's not a good way to practice politics. That's not a good way to live in a society. I'm not going to invade your mind and tell you what you have to think or feel or what's real. But I, I am going to try to argue that we live in a good way, a rational way, where we search for what's real, what, what has God created, what has he ordained for us. And the people that think like you and I, now we are the enemies of freedom and equality. And that should be particularly frightening because this forms of a certain totalitarian mindset. And, and it doesn't come without an irony because most of the people that think and feel that way tend to think and feel in exactly the same way, where you get this collectivist groupthink where you have tens of millions, maybe globally hundreds of millions of people, all thinking and feeling the same way, but saying it's their inner personal subjective experience. And so people like you and I, we want to try to figure out what's going on, because that's certainly real, right? That it's real that people think and feel this way and they base their actions around it. I'm working uh, on my PhD, as probably many in the audience know, in uh, systematic theology. My professor, uh, his lecture yesterday uh, was on the book of Matthew. And it was a section where Jesus says those who will follow him will have to leave. Well, let me back up a moment. Uh, Jesus is preaching and his disciples come and say, oh, your mother Mary and, and your siblings are, are here to see you. And, and then Jesus in his, uh, in his wisdom says, you are my mothers and brothers and sisters, you who are disciples, you who do the will of God. And Jesus elevates uh, discipleship. He elevates people who follow him as being of the highest calling. And I think we're both in agreement, John and I, that following God above all is, I'm not trying to be trite here, but that's really what it comes down to in life. And this last year, 2020 and 2021, going on two years, well, more than two years, uh, what, what we've seen is a lot of people who weren't willing to follow God first. 
they instead chose to obey the CDC. <laughs> instead of saying, okay, my, my responsibility to God is I need to, to be with God's people on Sunday morning and worship. And, they, and out of fear, out of fear, they didn't worship God with God's people. And that's where we are now. People have mostly taken the masks off all around the United States of America. Not so united anymore. And now people are going to start going back to Sunday worship without a mask. And our responsibility is to love them, right? Uh, to forgive, um, but not to forget. That's the whole point of this opening episode is... We thought we'd do a short recap, but also to remember what just happened to everyone. And if you're among the many people who were f too afraid to worship God on Sunday morning for the last year and so many months, you're still welcome to come back to church. We'll welcome you with open arms. Um, but I hope you learned a lesson. I hope you learned a lesson because, because John, I don't know if they know this, but we're going to die. We're all going to die someday. And being afraid of a flu to prevent you from worshiping God on Sunday, being afraid of a flu and forsaking your role as a disciple of Christ, man, um, that's staggering. Am I being too harsh? Well, no, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I think this is part of the problem that we had already been discussing where we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. That's right. We don't want anyone to get, I mean, I don't consciously want anyone to be mad at me. Well, I, I don't know. I think I do occasionally want people to hurt my feelings. <laughs> like, you don't want to offend people, like Apostle Paul says. Yeah. But you you want people to tell you the truth. That's you right. You want to live in the truth That's right. of Christ. That's right. So it becomes a tightrope walk, right? What are you supposed to say? I, I, this isn't the spirit of what happened isn't going to go away. So this is, you know, like you're saying, the symbols always change, but the the dark reality will still be there. So you look up up at Canada, there was that one pastor who was just hauled off to jail. He's in hiding right now. Yeah. So luckily, we live in this on this giant in this giant country where there's many different opinions, and that restricts what the powers that be can do to us. They can only take it so far at one time. In Canada, though, where there's a lot less people and they're a lot more, for lack of a better word, liberal. Socialist. Socialist. Yeah, that's probably the best word, right? Liberal Socialist. is a symbol that we can't even agree what it means. I don't even know what it means. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know what it means either, sure. Um, so, so you look at what's going on up there, and they are just going to keep going with it for some reason. And I don't know why, because everyone there is excited about the vaccine, and they're saying the vaccine works. But then they're not going to change all their policies. They're, march makes... they're marching in the streets in Toronto, and they get beat up by cops, and I've seen the videos. Yeah. So the reason that I wouldn't say that what you just said is something you shouldn't say is because this isn't really going to go away. It's going to come back under the guise of a different symbol. So when people like you and I are like, hey, isn't this a lot like the corona thing? A lot of people are going to be like, what are you talking about? That was a, a sickness, a flu, a cold thing. Um, this is something, this other thing in the future. This is Well, that's not a sickness or a cold or a flu. No, it's the, it's the same dark spirit that doesn't want us to worship God, that doesn't want the church to grow, that wants all of the ancient Christian symbols to fade away in the West. And we are trying to defend them. So this, uh, you know, it makes us enemies of the people that want to destroy those things. Okay, so Christ says love our enemies. So we're not talking about some sort of 
destruction of our enemies or anything like that. No, quite the opposite. We want to defeat them by converting them. But if we can't convert them, we want them to lose. <laughs> that's very, that's yeah. very important to understand. And this is here a, in a liberal society. We want to think, oh, we don't have any enemies. It's like, that's just not life. That's just not how it works. Well, as, as we jumpstart the podcast again, we want people to remember this last year. We want people to remember that a multitude of persons were hiding in their homes for a year for no good reason. No offense. But if you were afraid of dying, guess what? You have just as much, probably more, more statistical probability of getting hit by a car than you did of dying of corona. And that's that's using whatever numbers you want to use. <laughs> and as a Christian, that's one of my messages. Before Corona ever came along, I would tell people, dude, you don't need to live in fear because there's a place beyond the blue. I mean, you don't have to fear death. It's not the end of existence. There's more. Um, and it's... It's usually people who don't have a strong faith in a creator, in the creator, who fear death. And I think that's what was troubling to me was so many people that called themselves Christian. So many people who considered themselves members of a local church parish whether it was Lutheran or Baptist or Roman Catholic or Orthodox. So many of those people f were so filled with fear last year. Two weeks ago, they were filled with fear. And I think, I don't think, it sounds like Henny's being harder than he really is. I think he just wants to know why. God has not given us a spirit of fear. If you're a Christian and you're living in fear, you're living in bondage for no good reason what's the proverb the the wicked fleeth when nobody pursues or that, something that's like right that. that's like right nobody's chasing you okay nobody there's nothing that's going to hurt you that wouldn't hurt any man at any time or any place and no and we know a lot of people live in fear who aren't christians and that's what troubled me is so many people in the church were filled with so much fear I mean, how many times do I have to hear this? Well, we know the virus is real, but maybe it's not as bad as the media is saying. What are we talking about? Who cares? Yeah, viruses are real. Since when did we have to preface an observation about reality by saying a virus is real? I think I don't think people want to get looped in with the or lumped in with the crazy conspiracy folks or something. So they have to say. Oh, the virus is real. The virus is real, and it's just like, yeah, who who cares? <laughs> that, that that was my you you just summed up my opinion in two words of this last year. Who cares? And I I could throw in some expletives, but this is a family friendly show. But who cares? Yeah, viruses are real. Smallpox was real. Influenza real. Right? Ebola, I assume it was real. I have no reason to think any of these things weren't real. Who cares? So what? Guess what? We're Christians. We're going to die. We're going to live. And I, I want to live my life. I don't want to live my life in fear. And as Christians, we're not supposed... Our opening episode, our opening two episodes, if I remember correctly, I've, I haven't listened to any of the episodes. No offense to our listeners, but I don't listen to myself talk. Um, I can hear myself, you know, my thoughts in my head when I want to listen to myself. But our, if I remember correctly, our opening two episodes were on the apostles and Jesus telling us, right, to not be afraid to put our hands on the sick. I think that's in, the, that's in, that's in Paul's epistles. I think that was... If, At the very least, that was the thing that you seem most, for lack of a better word, offended by. That, wait, the Bible says it's so many places, we're supposed to go to the sick. And then we started looking into all the history, and we were remembering, we were calling to mind things we had read many years ago, that 
one of the main reasons the Roman Empire was slowly converted to Christianity because when a plague come, mind you, that's a bubonic plague where people half actually of the people die. die. <laughs> half, half the people die. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's family escapes some death. What did in all one those people? Plagues. What did in, in France? You know, in France, in the in in Paris, the catacombs. What did all those people die of? Plagues, right? Yeah, like you well, can go in the catacombs and there's just skeletons. At least in the videos I've seen. Absolutely. Well, the Christians during these plagues in the Roman Empire, I hope I'm getting my were the only ones that wanted to go right take there. care of the sick. Yeah. And the pagans were so amazed by this. They said, "Wait, this this is what Christianity is? This is the thing that we've been persecuting for 200 years?" And the Christians were like, "Well, yeah, this is what our Lord told us to do. He told us to go take care of the sick, to lay hands on them." In this especially growing up in a liberal modernist catholic church that that's literally all they talk about half the time they'll go weeks without preaching the gospel but they'll say oh we got to take care of the poor the needy the sick that's right and wh- where were the poor and needy and the sick during all this they were sitting in isolation they were drinking themselves to death they were committing suicide a good a good minister a good friend of ours has stopped being a hospice chaplain because he wasn't isn't allowed to visit the dying he isn't he for the last year and, and so many months hasn't been allowed to sit and hold hands with with the loved ones as their mother or father or sister or brother or god forbid child lay there dying and he he had a passion for this I've, I've known him my whole life and he had a passion for this. And he recently quit being a hospice chaplain because he couldn't minister to the sick and dying. What? And it's not his fault. They, they, he lives in a, in an evil state. I won't say which state of the United States, but he lives in a very evil state that still to this day right now refuses to let a chaplain visit the dying. For fear of giving the dying corona. It makes no sense. It's utterly preposterous. Utterly preposterous. And that's after he gets the vaccine (laughs) that's not a vaccine. And even if he's wearing a mask and gets a test. So even if somebody's willing. So think about this. And then hopefully we never have to talk about corona again. I don't know. (laughs) Think about this. So even if you submit to the regimen of science. And you say, okay, I'm going to get the vaccine, I'll wear the mask, and I'll take a test, and then then I can go do my duty as a Christian. No, not necessarily. And then that really makes me think that this isn't about what they're saying it is. And I'm not... It's not yeah, we're not going to go there. Yeah, we're not going to go there only because... No, no, it's not, not conspiratorial it depends on the, that people, yeah. they don't even know what they are doing. Like I don't even like know what's going so on. Confused. I, I don't know what's going on. And that's why that's why I, I really appreciate the thrust of our podcast or the focus and saying from the very beginning, our focus has been on the church. Um, we wanted to be real Christians talking about the real church. Um, if you there's so many political shows, there's probably too many. I don't listen to political shows. Way too many. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't listen to political shows. Uh, full disclosure. I don't listen to political podcasts. I don't, I don't, I don't listen to any of that kind of stuff. Um, I don't have time for it. Maybe if I had the time, I would. I don't know. But that's not us. What we're here is to talk religion and philosophy. Christian philosophy. Um, and, that's, and that's what I wanted to get at. If it makes so, so little sense that you can't figure it out. Maybe there's something there that's inherently opposed to Christ in the gospel. And I, maybe I, it's not. Yeah. What well, it and if I can, if be. I can interrupt. Sure. Sure. I don't. Let's not even say it, maybe. Obviously, there's no question that anything that exists that's not of God opposes Christ. Because well, I, I think in the verse, yeah. the carnal mind is enmity against God. Well, I was thinking maybe it's it's very demonic. Whatever's probably, I mean, probably there's demons behind sicknesses. I don't know. 
you know, who knows, right? I don't, we know, we know some demons manifest sickness in the New Testament. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's a maybe. I think Corona is not a part of God's plan. Like, like we know that sickness was not a part of God's plan. In the garden, there was no sickness, right? So yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm going to say I agree with you. Let's just drop the maybe though. It opposed God. The question wasn't, but for me, the question isn't to determine what Corona is. It's not to determine how true it was. What measure of truth on a scale of one to hundred, right? Did, is, is it like 78% true and it was serious? Was it really 20% true or was it 0%? Was it false? I'm a Corona denier. I'm a Corona truther. Like that's not, I don't even spend any time thinking about that. None. Absolute honest statement. What I think about more than anything is my response to Corona. My response, the church's response to these things. That's what I'm obsessed with, right? Like, okay, I don't, like, well, how am I supposed to act? What am I supposed to do, right? Because um, I can't ultimately know. How, how shall we live? Yeah. Right? That's Francis your Schaefer. boy, Francis Schaefer. He is That's my the boy. question. Yeah, God, I, God bless him. God bless him. He's a, he's a saint <laughs> in heaven now, I would imagine. And so we have Francis Schaefer in heaven. And since he's a reformer, I'll make sure I don't pray to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I'll make I'll make sure I don't do that, but we'll remember him, and, and we'll just keep asking that question may over God, and may, over may again. May God grant him continual growth in worshiping God, or whatever the verse is in the Book of Common Prayer. I can't remember. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a very which offended good one. a mutual uh, friend of ours. Um, but I mean, we're coming to a close uh, off the first episode. Back, we're going to be more regularly, at least every week for sure. Um, but we want to get back to really where our passion is. We have a mutual passion for Christian philosophy, uh, theology, uh, Anglo-Catholicism, right? What is that? We, I mean, we'd like to talk more deeply about what it means to be Catholic, what it means to be Anglican, the future of the church, bringing Catholics and Anglicans and Orthodox and Presbyterians together, you know, Doug Wilson, if you ever listen to this episode and, you know, maybe, maybe someone will give me $10,000 and I'll send it to Doug Wilson because then I can have dinner with him. Seriously, if, if anybody's listening, send me $10,000. We'd really like to meet Doug Wilson. I'd like to meet Doug and I'd like him to become Anglican, Anglo-Catholic or like, or to begin building a bridge with the Presbyterians. Like that's, that's my passion is to talk to Baptists and Presbyterians and to Christians of all stripes and say, Hey. We have been failing at connecting together. We've been failing at uniting in Christ. Denominations have been dividing us. The 21st century is, is a time for, for the last 2,000 years of division to take a momentary, momentary halt, pause, and let's unite in Christ. Not as Unitarians <laughs> over false dogmas, <laughs> but in, in the true creeds of the church. In the two, in the truths of the Bible, that's really my passion. Yeah, and that's one of our specific angles: is that ecumenism is really popular. But then when you listen to what people are saying, it's like, oh wait, you mean you just want all religions in the world to be one? And that's what we're opposed to. Yeah, for the last for the last um, many decades, the ecumenical movement. Like the worldwide church, what is it? The, I don't even. The World Council of Churches. Yeah, the World Council of Churches. Francis, kind of Francis Schaefer. I, I first learned about that as a, I think, fourteen or fifteen year old when I was reading Schaefer books, and he was talking about this thing, and I didn't even know what, what it was. Um, but there's been all sorts of movements to try to bring unity, but it wasn't based in good truth, in God's truth. It, it was, you know, based in a lot of falsehoods, honestly. But yeah, and that, that's the the direction of the podcast, John. Is we wanna we wanna talk about the things that you and I talk about off the air, right? Yeah. Um. You know, why did why were there only seven dwarfs? Why weren't why weren't there eight with Snow White? Because John's a big Disney guy, so we want to talk about Disney stuff. That's a, that's a joke. We're gonna. Why were there only seven dwarfs? I'll have to get back to you on that <laughs> one. Well, seven's the perfect number, right? 
So there's some religious symbolism. I mean, I'd, but but even I mean, uh, we could talk about Disney. We could talk about anything. Yeah, we, I'd I'd love to talk about Disney. I mean, it's such a major element of culture. That's been a huge culture has been a part of my life. Anal, uh, analyzing culture. Uh, cultural philosophy. Um, I, I love to talk about Disney World and amusement parks in general, and and what we think about them. I there, I have I have a lot of thoughts about them. John has a lot of thoughts about them. Um, many good thoughts, maybe a few bad thoughts. I don't know. We'll have to hear what John has Pro- to say. Probably a few bad ones. <laughs> a, f- a few very extreme ones, maybe. <laughs> but welcome. We want to welcome the listeners back to only the penitent shall pass podcast it was a long long trip away but i think we're settled in we've got crystal clear audio which is huge it's perfect <laughs> not, well there's only one that is perfect and it's not us it's joe rogan right <laughs> yeah joe, joe rogan how do we get on joe rogan show? <laughs> That's um, how we know we've made it, right? You know, embarrassingly, I've never listened to a whole Joe Rogan podcast. I've listened to maybe uh, f- I before Corona, I listened to a couple, uh, like tidbits here and there. People would send them to me. It's amazing to me. You know, I, I was about to end the podcast there, and now we're right back. I'm, I, I have this other train of thought here, right? It's amazing to me. God bless Joe Rogan, right? He's get he gets people to talk about MMA or something. Um, he's got the number one podcast in the world, right? As far as I know. As far as I know, yeah. And what little tidbits I listen to, I couldn't understand why are people listening to this. I met people at Home Depot listening to Joe Rogan. I've met people at coffee shops listening to Joe Rogan. I met a kid in a parking lot. I said, oh, what you listen to? He's a Joe Rogan podcast. I mean, I've met people all in all sorts of different walks of life listening to Joe Rogan. Then I went to listen to Joe Rogan, and I thought, dude, like, okay, maybe he's, like, I don't even know what to say, like a sort of okay dude, but he smokes pot and gets high and doesn't have a lot of depth. Is, am, I, am, I, am I committing blasphemy? Against people's... Pod, the jo- pad, podcast gods. Yeah, I mean, because I'm just, like, sitting there thinking, dude, like, is the, is Joe Rogan representative of where the intellectual pulse of Western society is? Now, now God uses all things. He can use Joe Rogan, and maybe he does. But but I, I, I guess I don't understand where America is. Where Where are we at? If he's considered the the high echelon of intellectual podcasts, am I going in a dark place here? Is it dark? No, I don't. I don't know if it's dark. I think I'm confused. People want to be part of a conversation. Yeah, and he gets all sorts of people to come on. So I guess it depends who his guest is. Yeah, and so he maybe I listen to the wrong guests. I think I'll uh, to his credit, if he knows if he has someone who's very intelligent on yeah but whatever that means he knows how to ask the right questions that anyone can understand and participate in the conversation well that's and that's why we're doing this because people are starved for conversations and they want to be a part of them and that's why they come to podcasts yeah because you watch tv you watch movies there's nothing like that. There's there's some really smart TV shows. There's some really smart movies, but it's totally different. And one of the main things human beings do is they speak with one another. And that's I mean, and that's what's horrible about like the mass thing, right? Is that well, nobody's talking to each other with the mass on, right? So So yeah, I don't know. Joe Rogan, he's he's all right. It's uh I don't think I've ever sat through a whole three and a half hours though. Yeah, I know. I, wow, is that how long they are? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, but the the clips are okay sometimes if you like the person he's interviewing. It, it it's it's an interesting state of culture when look at three the most famous podcaster, the the largest audience, Joe Rogan. You know. Smokes dope. Like the episode I watched are just getting high. I was like, okay. You got uh, the billionaire Elon Musk to get high. Okay. Sure. All right. Um, then the two most famous, most popular radio guys, Rush Limbaugh, who recently died, Howard Stern. 
I mean, three very strange characters. And these are the people that Americans tune in to listen to, right? And and if, if I could leave you with this, John, like, Howard Stern, Rush Limbaugh, Joe Rogan. What does that say for America? Now, no offense to the people that like Howard Stern, Rush Limbaugh, Joe Rogan. But... I must be in an alternate reality myself because if, if I listen to someone, maybe this is going to like make me sound like a dinosaur. I'm going to listen to Dr. Sproul. <laughs> I, I listen to, I, I probably downloaded 40 of his lectures uh, since January that I've listened to. I listened to a dozen lectures um by my boy, uh, 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 Martin Lloyd-Jones, the previous rector at uh, Westminster Chapel back in the 1950s and 60s. Now, maybe maybe I'm like disconnected from where everybody else is at, but, but Howard Stern, Rush Limbaugh, and Joe Rogan, they're not going to talk about the great things of God. There's a limit to what they can talk about. Well, the world is filled with numerous objects yeah. of discussion, so that's why they can keep going for years and yeah. years and years. Yeah. How do they maintain their audiences? You know, because I just found out Rush Lim- or Rush Limbaugh. I just found out Howard Stern's still on the air. I had no idea. I thought yeah, the guy retired at ten years ago. Contract, I didn't right? even know that. Yeah. Didn't even I know. I thought I thought he was like gone a decade ago. And and someone like there's I don't know how I found out a couple weeks ago. I was like, people are still listening to him. What what, what does he have to say? You just say the same things over and over again, right? You have a well, but there's a lot of things to say. You just you, you know you just nailed another interesting thing. And this this episode is going way too long. I analyze sports radio. I I I don't know I don't know if I've ever told people this. Every six months or so, I get a notebook out. And whatever city I'm in, and I've done it in different cities. I've done it in, in Pittsburgh. I've done it in Chicago. I've done it in Detroit. I've done it in at least half a dozen cities. I turn on the sports radio show. I get my notebook out. And, I, and, for, and for a half hour to an hour, I take notes on what the, what the sports guys are, are talking about. And, and, and without fail, every sports show from city to city if you listen to it for an hour, they say the same things for well, an hour. Well, there's not much to say. If you listen, it. if you listen for five to seven minutes, you've heard a whole hour's worth of content, and then they just repeat themselves over and over and over. Well, the see that the the format that we're using can be very limiting, unless you're doing what we're doing, which is like let's have a conversation in a podcast. Okay. And let's just keep talking. Let's do what we do in everyday life and bring it to a podcast. And so that's, I think, how we're trying to escape some of those limitations of broadcasting. But yeah, you you need a settled format, and you kind of have to say the same things over and over again. Now, uh, Americans, like, we're not intellectuals. I mean, even you and I, who have studied quite a bit, like, the old European intellectuals would put us to shame. They all knew ten languages. Right, we don't we don't know ten languages. It's full disclosure. Well, I, I know people who speak Klingon. Does that count? That that does count. Yes, absolutely. We should have them on the show. Get this. We need to uh, talk about Star Trek and philosophy, and uh, how Gene Roddenberry was a crazy communist. It always comes back to communism. <laughs> no, it doesn't always come back to communism. But so we're not intellectuals in America, but. Christianity has the ability to raise us as Americans to a level that we probably wouldn't get. So what do Americans care about? They care about television. They care about sports. They care about practical politics. These things that you were talking about. What's Howard Stern talking about? Boobies? Some, something along those lines, Probably. Right? Yeah, so th- this is what we care about on our average day-to-day basis. And we're not very intellectual like Europeans are. So we're probably not going to get too deep into philosophy or too deep into art. But Christianity, when you encounter the realities of the gospel, you're forced to start reconsidering everything. 
And that sort of brings you into this realm of Christian philosophy. And so that's why we don't have a lot of great thinkers in America, but when people really care about the Bible, you get a lot of people thinking, which is really powerful in a democratic culture. This is why I think for so many years the 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 quote evangelical movement was so powerful because they they used to read books, right? You had people on the radio like uh, where we're from in Detroit, like Bob Duco was talking about very intellectual topics. It was probably if you were flipping through the dial on Detroit radio. The most intellectual person was was Bob Duco. Amazing, but that's actually a very astute comment. Yeah, that definitely. Like, and I think a, like a close, like a far away second I, would be Rush Limbaugh because politics is just inherently. I, I actually would have said like David Newman, but um, that was probably before your time. Yeah, I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar. Yeah, but but he was was he a Christian too? I don't think so. You don't think so? No. Okay, yeah. So at least in my life, in the lifetime of the millennials we don't you know we like grasp for intellectuals like jordan peterson who has some good things to say but he's a clinical psychologist he's basically just he knows about how lobsters behave right this is a big joke the second chapter of his book was all about the behavior of lobster and how this applies to human behavior it's kind of silly and that guy's canadian sounds like it yeah i never read the book yeah so so yeah, so we Americans, we're, we're, we're not thinkers, but we can elevate our mind to higher things through the Christian religion. And apart from that, you might find some hipsters that are like, yeah, I read Nietzsche. Yeah, I read Rousseau. But there's just not a lot of deep thought in America. It's a lot about sports. And it, you know what? A lot of it's just our culture. Like We're very practical people about getting the job done. Okay, so that's understandable, but... God gave us an intellect. He gave us a mind, and we're going to try to to use it to the best of our ability. And so we hope people will come join this conversation because we there's no way to exhaust the material we have. Because when you become a Christian, what, what does Paul say? All things are yours, right? So you have all the different traditions of the world. You can draw from their wisdom on top of the ultimate source of wisdom, which is Jesus Christ. And you just never run out of things to talk about. It's really incredible. And you, you feel fulfilled. And that's what, that's what everyone's looking for, right? They just want to feel fulfilled, right, Kenny? Be fulfilled in Christ. Be fulfilled in Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining our episode of Only the Penitent Shall Pass podcast, our reboot. Uh, 3.0. We'll call it Reboot 3.0. <laughs> will be the title of the episode. Join us next time. We're going to get back into the deeper things, the things of a heavenly nature, always with a little bit of fun and humor. If you want to email us, email us at otpsp at protonmail.com. Yeah. Until next time. Thank you.